Hello, and welcome to this live recording from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. This message was given by Nick Scott at our Burragoon campus. So sit back, listen in, and enjoy what God's got to say to you. Very good morning to you all, and uh, Happy New Year. Thanks to our team this morning for leading us so wonderfully. And welcome to the first of our Summer Sundays services for 2020. And uh, kids, fancy having Spider-Man come to visit us in our service today. Uh, that was a special treat. I'll tell you what, nothing quite like that ever happened when I used to go to church as a kid. But uh, as we've heard, there'll be other superheroes that will visit us over the next few weeks, uh, which is very exciting. Having said that, this whole fascination we have with superheroes, you might be interested to know, is actually not a recent phenomenon. In fact, the first real superhero character was created back in the 1930s. And actually, in the year my mother was born, my mother's here today. I actually think of her as something of a superhero, uh, actually. Many of our mothers are superheroes. Uh, My dad's a bit of a superhero as well, but he was born on a different year, so it doesn't quite count. But... um, The first superhero character was created in 1936. Uh, Anyone like to hazard a guess as to who that superhero might be? Any guesses? The very first superhero, 1936. Captain America is incorrect. The Phantom. Julie, you've got it in one. There is the Phantom. The Ghost Who Walks. Anyone remember the Phantom comics? Yeah, look, kids, look, look at all those old people. <laughs> Have a look at them. See, your grandparents were into superheroes too. Well, uh, I thought some of you might guess Superman. Perhaps you did. Superman came just a couple of years later in 1938. And then from 1939, for the next few years, there was a whole flurry of superheroes in quick succession. We had Batman, Captain Marvel, some of you remember these, uh, I don't, you know, the Comet, the Flash, and remember the Flash? Yeah, it's again all the old people. Uh, Captain America, Aquaman, and Wonder Woman. And you know, by the time we get to Wonder Woman, we're only up to 1941. From 1939 to 1949, all of those uh, superheroes. Our friendly neighbourhood Spider-Man, who graced us with his presence earlier, wasn't created until 1962. So this superhero thing goes back a long way, and as we've already seen this morning here in 2020, uh, children still to this day love to dress up as their favourite superhero. If we take a moment just to look back over this list of superheroes, we discover that generally speaking they have a number of things in common, apart from being strong and powerful, and apart from all wearing their underpants on the outside of their clothes which arguably is what gives them their powers. Kids, you might like to try that at home sometime. (laughs) But they have a number of things in common. They all stand for common themes like justice and truth and honour. Interesting, isn't it? They all do that. They all show great courage in the face of danger. They all share a strong sense of responsibility. And actually, when Spider-Man was here earlier, he mentioned that. That actually comes with the whole superhero thing. A sense of responsibility to fix things that are not right and to fight against the powers of evil. And they are all strongly driven to come to the rescue of mere mortal human beings who need saving. 
And that's our theme, really, for today. And it's interesting, I found it interesting actually to reflect, as I did, on the timing of that flurry of superheroes that emerged between 1939 and 1942. As I thought about the timing, I thought, well, that's interesting. was the start of World War II. And it was as though there was some kind of collective global recognition that, hey, we're in trouble here. We're in crisis, actually, as humanity. The world is at war for the second time this century, and it would seem that we need some help from someone outside of ourselves. We need a superhero to save us from all this. And so in the world of fantasy, these fictitious characters were created. Was there a link between those things? Well, I don't know. I just, I just began to think about that. The timing. This flurry of superheroes from 1939. But of course, the reality is, for the human race, we do need someone to save us. It's been the case ever since Adam and Eve were banished from the Garden of Eden. That as a race, we need some help from someone outside of ourselves. As a race, we find ourselves engaged in struggle. And for some people, it's a struggle against oppressive, corrupt government systems. For some people, in war zones like Syria and Yemen and Afghanistan, as we've seen in that, uh, that mid-air clip over the last couple of weeks, it's a struggle just to survive day by day. It's a struggle, daily struggle. For some, it's a struggle against rapidly changing climate you know, across our nation, Right now, as Sue prayed earlier in the service, we see on the news, you know, constantly, the fires across the... Goodness, it's a struggle. There's a struggle going on in our nation right now. For some, it becomes a very personal struggle just to hold a marriage together or hold a family together or even personal health challenges create a sense of struggle within us. Well, whatever the struggle, the reality is that we need to be saved and we cannot save ourselves and so we need a saviour. And that's the focus of the Bible, this idea that humanity needs a saviour. It's kind of a summary of the whole of the scripture in a sense. People need a saviour. And so this morning I want to remind you of just three things from which we all need to be saved according to the scriptures. And number one is we need to be saved from the prowling enemy. Uh, 1 Peter 5.8 says, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. It's a frightening image when you stop and think about it. I want to suggest to you this morning that Peter has chosen this image with intent and its intent is to cause his readers alarm. He doesn't talk about a prowling llama. You know? Or a prowling rabbit. It's a lion. You know, if I were to tell you, and this is not true, but if I were to tell you that there's a large brown snake uh, loose somewhere here in the auditorium, you know, I imagine that for most of us, if not all of us, that would cause us a degree of alarm. Where is that thing? What's it doing? Is it moving or is it curled up somewhere in the back? Is it under my seat? Where is that thing? We want someone to find it and to catch it and to remove it as soon as possible, please. So that information about a snake on the loose would actually, uh, even if some of you were beginning to nod off during my message, perish the thought. (laughs) 
But if you were, and I said, actually, there's a snake here somewhere, well, you would be awake. You'd be awake, quick, smart. And that's what Peter's getting at here. He says, be alert. Be aware. Be on the lookout. Know your enemy and understand his capabilities and his intentions. I mentioned before a whole lot of struggles that people face from corrupt governments to climate change to personal struggles with sickness, perhaps mental health issues. Well, Ephesians 6.12 states very clearly that our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but our struggle is against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So we have an enemy from whom or from which we need to be saved 1 John 3.8 says very clearly that the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. 1 John 3.8. And at the cross, we know Jesus has destroyed the enemy, defeated him completely. And so ultimately our struggle is over because our Saviour has come to our rescue. But the reality is that we live in this period, uh, this in-between time that theologians refer to as the now but the not yet, this in-between time before Jesus returns and so in the meantime we need to be saved from the prowling enemy who continues to prowl well that's number one number two is we need to be saved from the power of sin and uh, Romans 7 is probably the clearest passage about this whole battle that rages in all of us where Paul says uh, you know what I don't even understand myself have you ever had that thought (laughs) those times when uh, you know, you react unexpectedly in, with some sort of outburst of anger or some sort of unexpected reaction. Someone sort of pushes a button that you didn't know was there and you sort of explode in some way and you, you look back at yourself and think, what was that about? Where did that come from? I don't even under, understand myself. Paul puts it this way. He says, there are things I know are wrong, but I end up doing them anyway. He says... There are other things that I know are the right thing to do. And even though I have the desire to do what is good, I just can't seem to carry it out. He says, it's like there's this war raging within me in my mind, in my body, in my whole being. A war between right and wrong that rages away. And many of us, if not all of us, can relate to the things that Paul is saying. It's the battle that rages within all of us as we try and deal with the power of sin in our lives. We battle with addictions of various kinds that drag us into territory that we know very well is not healthy or not good for us, but we find ourselves there anyway. We battle with the ugly side of human nature, even if you don't battle with addictions. I can guarantee you battle with something internally. Issues of anger, issues of selfishness, issues of pride. Actually, we battle with things that we can't even see or identify in ourselves. Blind spots that other people can see in us And battle scars left by what others have done to us. And often we can't see those. But many of us have come to a place in our lives when, like Paul, we cry out, What a wretched man am I? What a wretched person am I? Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. Again, we need saving. We need saving. We all need saving. We need to be saved from the prowling enemy. We need to be saved from the power of sin.
And number three, and finally, we need to be saved from the cords of death. Sounds very dramatic, doesn't it? Well, it is very dramatic. It's a phrase that comes from what I think is probably the most dramatic psalm in the Old Testament, Psalm 18. Psalm 18 says, The cords of death entangled me. The torrents of destruction overwhelmed me. The cords of the grave coiled around me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called to the Lord. I cried to my God for help. From his temple, he heard my voice. My cry came before him into his ears. And then down to verses 16 and 17, says, He reached down from on high and took hold of me and drew me out of deep waters. It's beautiful imagery. He rescued me from my powerful enemy, from my foes who were too strong for me. See, every single one of us at some point comes face to face with the reality of death. You see, death, according to the Bible, is a powerful enemy, something fearful, something we need to be rescued from, something from which we cannot deliver ourselves. You might be able to solve many of your own problems in life, but you cannot deliver yourself from the power of death. We heard Jesus' words in that comic book story where he said, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me will live even though they die. Whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe that? He asks Martha. Do you believe it? See, before facing his own death, Jesus came face to face with the death of his close friend Lazarus. And interestingly, he was deeply affected by the death of his friend. He was deeply moved, famously the shortest verse in the Bible. Jesus wept. You see, Jesus knew that humanity was created for a different outcome. Death is not part of God's plan for you. Humanity was created with a different outcome in mind, and Jesus holds the key to this different outcome. And so this is the hope that we have, the hope that we've sung about earlier in our service, the hope of the world. The hope we have in Jesus that even this great enemy death is defeated in his name and we are saved from its grip and so we need no longer fear death. Well, I began with what all superheroes have in common. One more thing is that they ultimately are stronger than the enemies that fight against them. It's one of the characteristics of a true superhero. They're they're victorious, aren't they? They're undefeated. Well, Jesus is not a fictitious character. He's a living saviour. He's a living rescuer, a living superhero. And he is greater and stronger than the enemy. In 1 John 4, 4, reminds us with that and seems like an appropriate place for us to finish this morning and says that the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world and as you leave today and go into the world what a great thing to have ringing in your ears the one who is in me the one who dwells within me by the power of the Holy Spirit Jesus is greater than anything that I might encounter in the world that seeks to distract me or to destroy me. 
Jesus died on the cross to save us from the prowling enemy, from the power of sin, and ultimately from the cords of death. He is victorious. He is undefeated. Thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Let me pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you that in your name there is power. We've sung those words. It's power in the blood of Jesus. In your name there is victory. In your name, Lord, we have victory over the enemy. We have victory over the power of sin in our lives, the powers of addiction. In your name, Lord, we have victory over the power of death ultimately. We thank you for the reminder of these things this morning. We pray that you'd help us to internalize them and believe them with all of our heart. Thank you for your presence here with us, for the comfort of your Holy Spirit. Continue to speak into our hearts, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed this message from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. If you'd like to talk to someone about what you've heard today, then you can contact the team at Mount Pleasant Baptist Church by calling the office during office hours on 9329-1777. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to your company again soon. God bless.